You're listening to Packers Talk Network. Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay. Just go to their website, theticketking.com. Again, that's theticketking.com. Packers Therapy. It's Packers Therapy. It's Chris and Dave and the Pack 11 and 3 for reasons no one's quite sure, but still 11 and 3, uh, beating the Bears, which is always a good thing, and the 200th matchup of these two teams. You know, Dave, I remember the 100th matchup, matchup, <laughs> matchup of these two teams. I know I did not look this up, and you you can look it up later, but somehow in my memory. That 100th game was played at Wrigley Field back when the Bears used to play where the Cubs play and before they moved to, to Soldier Field. Huh. Uh, well, I've looked that up and see, but somehow that sticks in my mind. Uh, but I, I remember this as a kid watching that game. Uh, so I could be I, I could be wrong. My recollections could be goofed up. But it's it seems like it was a it was a road game for the Packers playing at Wrigley Field. I can't remember the outcome of the game, but it just sticks in my mind for some reason. I would have been probably, you know, I was a preteen probably at that point, 11, 12 years old, something like that, 11 years old. So anyway, people can look it up. You can look it up later. But uh, here we go. The 200th matchup and the Packers uh, come out on top, sweep the season series. Yes, sir. Well, I was just going to say, if you had mentioned that ahead of time, we could have looked that up. We could have done a little bit of research, but we have well, the technology. But well, you can look it up while I'm talking because you don't listen anyway, and so that'll be give, that'll give you something to do while I am in, uh, while I'm filibustering. All right. Well, uh, let me do that. I'll, this is the first <laughs> research on the as we go. Hundredth game between. Yeah, this is great podcasting. This is this is why people like Brad <laughs> Elliott uh, give us money via PayPal. Now, I want to thank Brad. Uh, Brad, very generous. He even even sent us a message after hearing Dave take the 3,000-year-old tale of Sisyphus that has been a cornerstone of Western philosophy and apply it to spending three years rolling a rock back and forth to get to Aaron's trust. I just had to donate. <laughs> wow. In the, the erudition and insightfulness was breathtaking from laughter, he says. A thinking man's podcast, indeed. Well, thank you, thank you, Brad. I do believe Brad is an architect, right? Is is is, is that uh, right? that's right. I think he's architect. I've always wanted to pretend to be an architect. Yeah, well, I think. Well, it's. I think he's Art Vandalay, right? Is that? Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah, or Brad Elliott. Either name sounds equally uh, cooked up. So anyway, yes, Brad. Thank you very much for going to PayPal and supporting Packers Therapy. David, I give you enough time to look up and see. What was the 100th game between the Packers and the Bears? When when did that happen? Where was it played? Um, unfortunately, you've not given me enough time. <laughs> I have the Wikipedia page between the the two. It was in the um, 50s or 60s. What would uh... I would say late 60s? I'm going to say it like 69, maybe 70, something like that. 
Um, hmm. So, yeah. so yeah, it's uh, very difficult to find this quickly. There's no where they played. I'd have to do more work. Uh, Bears Open Soldier Field. That is in 1971. Uh-huh. So you're, you're right about that. Okay, I was. So, it was at now. Okay, I remember the game though being at Wrigley Field. Yeah, it doesn't uh, have location, yeah. so okay, we'll just have because, to take your word for it. All right. Well, we're we're gonna get to the bottom of this, damn it. Or maybe one of our loyal Packers therapy listeners will look it up and see where the 100th game between the Packers and the Bears was played. I think it was at Wrigley Field, and I can't remember who won that game or not. But yes, so they moved to to Soldier Field in 71, so I could be right about this. Yeah. Well, should we take a break? Yep, I think that's good (laughs) enough, and that's Packers therapy. You know, I think the reason why I haven't dived, dove, why I I haven't proceeded into the game more quickly is because this team is just winning. I mean, it's not impressive necessarily you don't go wow look at that this isn't the 15 and 1 team this isn't certainly isn't 1996 or 97 nothing like that but they do enough to win i mean they they play well enough they stay healthy enough for whatever reason Uh, they get their share of breaks they they get teams at the right time things have just kind of come together for them but the the thing that that gets me is People sort of like being disgusted with with the team because they're just they're they're convinced that this team is just not good enough. So why get invested in it? And when I thought about that after the game yesterday, it's sort of like being disgusted with your kids because damn it, they just aren't smart enough. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What's wrong with you? You know, you're not smart enough. Well, I'm frustrated with that, too. Yeah, it's 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 sort of like, you know, you you being upset me because I'm not tall enough. You know, I mean, yeah. OK, well, that bothers but, me, too. Yeah, yeah you're hitting all know, the right buttons. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it does. You can't. This is who they are. They are not a great all time great team, but you don't have to be great. You just have to win. And that's what they're doing. They're winning. And I, I saw a tweet tonight uh, from our guy. Uh, CD, one of our uh, uh, benevolent overlords uh, at Packers Stock. And, uh, you know, he was expressing a degree of mild concern that some Packer fans are not appreciating an 11-3 and team. He, I guess he's a little more pointed than, than mild concern. And, you know, he's got a really good point. You have to be able to appreciate 11-3, and regardless of how it might look, the team is winning. And at this point, they have to win one more game to, to lock up the division and a home game in the postseason. They've already got the postseason uh, locked up. Um, this team has been entertaining. They haven't been great, but there's no style points in the NFL. I'm just not sure why, you know, the email that we get and the, and the tweets that we get, are, people are just, you know, completely unimpressed. And I understand that, but you still can appreciate the fact that they're 11 and three and how many years, the last two years, we would have loved 11 wins and a playoff appearance, even if they get blown out in the first round. So I guess I just, I don't know. I don't know. I've sort of lost patience with people that can't appreciate winning. Well, then you, I'm that person. So let's have it. We haven't disagreed a lot in uh, for many years. I think, I think we've been pretty much, I've either come to your side or we've met in the middle somewhere. I don't think you've, come to my irrational side when we started um where i said irrational things like you should judge the outcome but judge the decision by the outcome yeah i've i've come around to that yeah um but i am 
you're really a moron. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really was. I've, I've grown up a lot. Um, <laughs> but I'm really halfway disgusted with this team. I mean, when okay. I, when okay. I think about this team, it makes me more angry than it makes me happy. And I get it. Eleven and three is awesome. It's two more wins than I predicted so far. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so if you think about the fact that they, their record, they're healthy. Um, they're getting breaks. I mean, there's all kinds of things to be happy about. But I just, your what your comment you just said that they are who they are, uh, or it, you know, like your kids can't be smarter. I think they could be smarter if because they're not applying themselves. And I think the Packers are this way <laughs> as well. It's because they play stupid. I, I I just I'm convinced that there's a team in there that is better than what the outcome is. But they end up revert. They start games very positively and then they revert to i don't know what and i feel like rogers is the key problem mm. so that you know the end of the game we have five they're five for five five drives five punts six plays three and out three and out three and out and three and out that's mm. how they ended the game and that's infuriating that's that there's a better team in there but you've got stupid things happening and i think a lot of it has to do with rogers not running the offense they they flipped to something else. I mean, there was early in the game, I thought I saw a crossing pattern to Mercedes Lewis and another one to Allison. And I thought, you know what? I think you could just do that all day long, right down the field. Uh, go, Let them double cover Devontae. Let them be watching uh, Aaron Jones. Just throw seven-yard crosses to Mercedes Lewis right down the field because he's going to be wide open every time. But they don't do that. He He focuses in on Adams, whether he's open or not, and either takes a sack or throws it um incomplete and i just i feel like you know mm-hmm. this team could make things so much easier if they wouldn't be so dumb and play so stupid <laughs> and uh i mean look roger's taking that sack after uh okay. lowry got yes. the interception I that, is, that is not i mean that's frustrating to me that's uh, they, sh- they got to be better than that and what's going to happen is it's going to happen in san francisco we'll lose 38 to 3 and uh, and then I'll say this. Of course, they they never were able to practice being their best. So when they played the best, they would be ready. They're playing dumb, and they're going to be called out on it when they play someone good. Well, I don't disagree with a lot of what you said, except for except for your summation. Uh, yeah, I, all of those things I saw. I I saw MVS let a, uh, a touchdown pass go through his arms. I mean, I saw a lot of you know screwing up and I saw the quarterback take a couple of stupid sacks and an, and an intentional grounding. And I mean, I, I saw a lot of, a lot of crap, but I'm talking it up to a different reason though, because I just don't think they're that good. You know, I mean, they've got some good players. There's, there's no doubt about that, but I think on the whole, they aren't that good. They have, they have still a very good quarterback, but he's aging. He's, he's not, you know what he was so glad that they have him because I think he's a, he's a plus player, but he's not who he was five seasons ago. Uh, so I, I think people just kind of need to accept, accept that. Now they've, they've got on defense, they've got some really good players that the, the guys they signed, Kenny Clark had a absolutely monster game. Really good game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, they definitely have some, some good players, but, they have a lot of a lot of flaws too in in their game. They've got a couple of uh, offensive tackles uh, who I think are are still good players, but I don't think they are what they were either. They've got a rookie at, at left guard. Uh, they have a guy who they paid a lot of money to at right guard, but you know he's he's solid and dependable, but he's not really a great player. 
They've got one really good wide receiver that they look to too often. Uh, and then they've got a collection of other receivers I think are good enough, but not great necessarily. So, I mean, they're definitely a good team. Uh, maybe you could argue that, you know, they're not really 11 wins uh, good, but, you know, they they are a good a good team. There's no question about it. They just aren't a great team. And I, and I don't think that is a reason why people should say, oh, it's it's I'm disgusted. It's no fun to watch because they're going to lose in the first round anyway. Yeah, they will lose in the first round unless they don't. And how many times have we seen the Atlanta Falcons, you know, this season take down, you know, like San Francisco? And didn't they beat New Orleans earlier? I mean, yeah. there's these weird, these weird things that happen all the time. It's you don't have to be great. You just got to be good enough to win. And that's what the Packers have been so far. So I'm, I guess I've come around to the point where maybe they are, have the talent of a nine win team, like, like you suggested, but it doesn't matter because they've won 11 games and they're probably going to win at least 12 and they're probably going to win the division. And they're probably going to get a home uh, playoff game at the minimum. And when you get a home playoff game, yeah, you have a really good chance of winning that, especially if you're Green Bay playing there in January. People, I, I, I think people have to kind of roll with this because you don't know what's going to happen. Dalvin Cook uh, got hurt yesterday in the Vikings game. Well, that's some more luck rolling in the Packers' way. Maybe they're going to wind up having to play San Francisco or New Orleans, but you don't know what those teams are going to look like at that particular point in time. So saying right now that ah, I'm giving up on them because they're a first round and, and out team. Well, you don't really know that because so many things can happen and there's still a potential that the Packers could be better in a couple of weeks than they are right now. I mean, they, they haven't had any serious injuries all season long, which, you know, they should ride that as long as they can. And if that continues, they might just be better than teams because they're the healthier team. And teams like Chicago, you know, they were without a couple that are good players yesterday. The Packers weren't. That might have been the difference in the game, that the Packers could play with their preferred players where the Bears couldn't. So I, I, I just – I hear everything that you're saying. I don't necessarily uh, disagree with it. I just kind of agree with what it, with what it means. I don't think you hear what I'm saying. Okay. I think you're missing my point. Okay. Uh, and I, as you're, you were talking, I was, I think I, I can verbalize it this way. Um, so I had a coach, a baseball coach in high school. He told me, you know, he never get upset with physical mistakes, yeah. but he'd always be upset with mental mistakes. Like right. if you, you know, not paying attention or you, uh, you, whatever it is, not, you, not, you're not paying attention. Really? You know, <laughs> no, can't be. not uh, running down first baseline, but you not know, you. Yeah. Whatever it is, you know, if mental mistakes, uh, he would not tolerate. I do not say I'm frustrated that MVS didn't catch that ball because he is who he is. I mean, he's not, he's not good. Right. And it might be good later, but I don't expect him to ever catch a ball ever again. Um, the two tackles, I think, are they had a whale of a game. But, you know, yeah, they're older and, and they're suspect. Um, you know, other wide receivers, I think, you know, they're undrafted free agents. Look, if they, they – the people they have, Jimmy Graham is awful. He just is awful. Haha, ha, Clinton Dix can't tackle for his to save his life, which just, oh my gosh, it makes me so happy to see that. But that's beside <laughs> the point. I had to just throw that in. What I, what it is, it's the mental mistakes. And let me to show you, uh, tell you what a mental mistake is. Um, having a game plan where Aaron Jones rushes for 13 carries and no 
receptions, that you're not getting the ball to this guy 20-plus times, that is dumb. Um, targeting Devonte Adams 13 times, and everyone else, he had other people they targeted. But, I mean, targeting him 13 times versus, you know, zero for Aaron Jones as far as, I guess, maybe he's not on the receiving chart. Maybe they did. Uh, I don't remember them ever throwing Aaron Jones. Um, they... Um, you know, Kumaro gets one target. Uh, Allison gets four. Lazar gets three. I mean, these guys are open because people are concentrating on two people, Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. I think you try to scheme Aaron Jones open with short passes, and you throw to other guys that are when they're double covering Adams. And Rodgers won't do that. In fact, I I was when I heard this post game interview, I was like, this is the problem. Um, on the touchdown to Devontae Adams, the call was. A short pass, I believe, to get the first down because it's fourth and four. Um, and then Rodgers told uh, the floor, let's go for it. You know, let's throw it deep. And it worked. And I thought, yeah, you know what? It worked that one time. But the the four or five other times in the game when you sort of went for it, uh, that didn't work. It almost reinforced the bad behavior by, you know, going deep on a fourth and four rather than going for the first down and moving the chains. That was That was a high-risk pass that worked. But, I, you know, you're not going to win with that as a general strategy. And I, I think whether it's the floor, whether it's Rodgers, whatever it is, the way they're running this offense, I think, is just is dumb. They're not once again, they're not taking what the defense is giving them. And so they end up, you know, every the first 15 plays, whatever the scripted plays, they, that seems to work out great. And then um, and then they seem to just fall into this mess in the second half. Of the game and and they play dumb so that's what frustrates me if they were a try-hard team that were was not talented but they were scraping and just barely winning in 11-3 i would love this team but this team i think has more talent than what they're showing and i think they're wasting a year here where they could be much better and i think a lot of his rogers is still not playing within the offense well okay now is is this a situation where he is willfully not following the offense or has he just not been able to adapt you know to the new system i mean he was in one system for 14 seasons and now he's trying something different and it's against his his instincts um now another thing is too i'm wondering is he 100 percent healthy because they're going so much out of the shotgun this offense as i understand it was supposed to be a more of a of an under center offense where you could do a lot more of that, you know, faking to the guy coming around and the faking of the, to right. the uh, halfback and rolling out and all that kind of crap. They're doing a lot of that. They're doing a lot of shotgun stuff and a lot more stationary kinds of, of formations, especially on, on third down. And I happen to be watching the game. I'm about to watch the uh, 29 yard touchdown. They have three guys split out to the left going from the shotgun and it's just simply a you know a jet uh, yeah, route just by 17, yeah. And it's like that's everything that they've always done in the past. Are they are they doing that because this is a part of the offense, or are they doing that because Rogers thinks I can do it? We can do it. I the, Devante is so much better than that guy. Let me let me go after it. And uh, it's like he's not figuring out his age. I think he I think they thought that they had who was the guy in the Bears that they picked on. For that Buster Skine, Skine, it was, it was 24 that got beat on that play. Okay, for the, um, the Bears, you know, I think he just like, hey, I think we could do this. Let's go. Let's throw, let's throw deep. Let's go. Let's do a touchdown right now. Um, and 
if uh, Lafleur, as as I understand it, wanted to have a play for a first down, it might have been to any anyone other than Devontae. But I think they're just they're at opposite ends. I and I think Lafleur isn't strong enough to counteract what Rodgers wants to do. I I have no doubt that Rodgers wants to do shotgun, throw it down the field, right? I, I run around if I get pressure and throw it down the field. I I don't think Lafleur wants to do that. I have no way of knowing how much this is a conflict. I'd love to be able to know what LaFleur is thinking, but um, I, that play in particular, I mean, it worked, but that's not the offense the way I think LaFleur wants to run it. I, I don't think it is either, but why? I'm just wondering why they're running it this way is you know, when, when Rodgers runs, and I know he's just turned 36, he... Um, he doesn't seem terribly fluid when he runs. I mean, he's no. effective enough when he does that. And is is he able to do the things that, you know, he has to do in this offense? Or is he just better at, you know, standing there seven yards uh, behind the center, standing in an upright position where he can see everything and there's not a lot of movement to distract anything and he can read the defense? Does he have limitations uh, physically or uh, this is is blasphemy? intellectually you know where it's it's better for him to be able to run out of that kind of scheme i mean does he have limitations i mean we've always proceeded with the idea that this guy can do anything he can do everything he can throw from any platform you know he's he's a terrific athlete he doesn't get you know sacked easily but i'm starting to wonder if if that's still true with him in other words where he is and he's in excellent physical condition compared to anybody you see down the street pretty much, right? I mean, this is a guy who is um, in, in low body fat and, you know, he's, he's excellent physical specimen, except in the NFL. And in the NFL, he's probably, you know, probably below average in terms of just physically because he's 36 years old. So maybe what this offense requires of him, you know, he's not at this point able to do it. Because I, I can't explain why so much of this offense looks like what they ran under McCarthy, which, you know, for a long time was very successful. But the critique was it was stale and I did not count the number of plays, but it seemed to me that half the plays, 40 percent of the plays were pretty much what we've seen, you know, the past, what, 13 years, 14 years that McCarthy was coach. Yeah, but not early in the game. Right, early doesn't early in the game seem like a different offense. I mean, what did the Packers? I mean, they went six plays on the first drive. Um, yeah, the deep pass to MVS incomplete. Then you had a, a run to Jones for four yards, yep. uh, short left to Devonta Adams for seven. So first down, uh, incomplete to Jimmy Graham, which that's those two things just go together. <laughs> um, then uh, they they ended up punting on on fourth down, but then on right. the touchdown. I guess that was a pretty quick. Um, yeah, that yeah, was like Jones... five, five plays, I think it was, and the the touchdown came out of the shotgun with you know three guys lined up, not in some kind of stack formation or diamond formation. It was three guys split left. I guess trips is what they would call that, right? And then uh, they had nobody to the right, but they angled their back out of the backfield to the right as kind of an outlet. But essentially, it looked very McCarthy-like. Yeah, I guess that you're right. Looking at the first uh, series, I guess I'm 
prove myself wrong. Uh, what they really got in, in the advantage was the uh, the penalty on Tremont Williams on that punt. Oh, yeah. They got uh, good field position in the 15 yards. I tell you, you talk about the Packers being lucky. Uh, that could have completely oh. turned the, the, the game around. And I'll tell you, I had a uh, one colleague who's a Bear fan turn it off at that point. Because <laughs> to him, the Packers always get the calls. This is just <laughs> the refs. Yeah, I started to see all kinds of pictures of like the refs doing the Lambo leap and all kinds of things. <laughs> It's uh, like you posted that it was great. Um <laughs> uh, it's uh you know it, they they feel like this happens all the time. It's funny cuz I I don't seem to have that same perspective, but that was a huge break. I did not see a fair catch at any time from Tremont Williams, but um we can maybe come back to the refs cuz I felt there's another gift the Packers got too. But I thought another I I starting to think Chris that may, I think they might be better without Devontae Adams just because Rodgers has to play different. I would love to see Adams and Lazard get equal number of targets. I'd like to see the tight ends catching a lot more balls. I'd love to see, you know, Aaron Jones getting 20 to 25 touches, whether it be passes or carries. I think the offense is a lot better. And Devonte, he locks in on Devonte. Now there was a um, on this, there was another series. I guess it was still in the first half. Uh, the Packers were on the Chicago 36, and it was fourth and six. And uh, he throws a deep ball to Adams, and it just lands incomplete. It was not even kind of a close play. And then I saw on Twitter everyone saying Lazard was wide open if he could see him. So I think what the deficiency that Rodgers has is that he's not he can't find the open guy anymore. Either he's not he's willfully not doing it because he wants his buddies Adams and Graham to make all the catches, or he doesn't trust, or he's not paying attention. But I, he's not finding the open guys, and I feel like there are open receivers out there. And again, this is another broken record. I feel like we could have said the same thing week after week after week. Um, it's frustrating they're not getting any better. I mean, winning is great. I, I think, you know, the true test would be against Minnesota. If they play the same style offense against Minnesota, I think they get beat hard. I think Rodgers is going to get hurt. I think Balaga is going to maybe die. Um, <laughs> it's going to, I think, it's going to be a disaster. I, I think if they run the offense the way it should be run, I think they'd have a good shot against Minnesota. Yeah, it, it's it's um, hard for me to understand uh, why Rodgers is is feeding the ball, forcing the ball in 17. Now, I heard Eric Baranchek um, on one of the uh, sports stations out of Milwaukee. Uh, I must be the fan. I, I think he's he's their guy in the fan. And he was saying that he finally understands, you know, why Rodgers, um, you know, feeds the ball to Adams because the other guys, he gives them a chance and Allison drops a ball. He throws a perfect, you know, deep pass down the field and MVS lets it go through his hands. And I thought that was really weak. It I is. Mean, you know, yeah. I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if Adams uh, or uh, let me try that again. It doesn't matter if MVS or Allison don't catch the ball. It matters if that's the right read. If that's the guy who's open, your job is to throw the ball where that guy can catch it. Their job is to catch it. And you shouldn't say, well, I'm not going to, I'm only going to throw it to Devontae because he's the only guy that can catch. Well, then why even bother putting the rest of the guys out on the field? Yeah, put another blocker in. It, yeah, it just, just, yeah, it doesn't make any, any sense at all. Right. Uh, now, I will note, as I am watching this game, after that bad drop, that Allison had, um, you know, 12 did go right back to him on the next series of downs. So, you know, I mean, 
I will give him that. The, he didn't freeze out Allison the rest of the game. In fact, I think Allison had maybe three catches. He had the one bad drop at the beginning, but then he did make a couple catches after that. And he, in order to make those catches, 12 had to be throwing it to him. So that was that was something. But as I watch the game here, second and two after that Allison catch, they, again, go out of the shotgun. There's no motion. There's nothing pre-snap. And they wind up doing the inside handoff to 30. Um, I don't. I don't think that's the way this offense is supposed to run, and I'm not really sure why it's not doing it that way unless it's the fact that Rodgers either is uncomfortable under center, is, is his hand damaged where he can't you know, take the snap like that, is, is he have a problem with that knee where he can't you know, pivot and, and those kinds of things, but now it's, it's third and one. And, you know, they send Lazard in motion, but everyone else is stationary. Now Lazard is stationary. They're going from the shotgun. I mean, if you didn't know this was 2019, you would think it, you know, could be any year in the, in the, and this is a straight handoff up the middle, five yards, first down. That was terrific, but there was nothing special about that. This, this wasn't the offense that, you know, oh, this Rams offense or, you know, this, this, this creative stuff they do in San Francisco. No, it's it's pretty much, you know, what they were doing for the last 13 years. So I'm not I'm not really really sure why it's playing out the way it is. But the results are similar. You know, they go through these long stretches where they, you know, can't seem to get out of their own way. Yeah, well, you know, it's similar stationary receivers. It's uh, 319 until there's five to zero seconds on the shot on the clock shot clock on the on the uh, snap clock. Um, what do you call that clock? The uh, play clock? I was yeah, it's it's the it's the play clock, but okay. I've always called it a shot clock because yeah. that's you know like basketball. Yeah. yeah, um, you know it is. Everything is is very much the same. I mean, it's percent of passing versus run. I don't think we've necessarily seen. I, I mean, I thought they uh, ran it fairly effectively. I mean, actually, I, all the offense I thought was pretty effective, other than Rodgers and the receivers dropping balls once in a while. Um, but, you know, he had a quarterback rating of 78. I, I think Rodgers had a bad game. He had a couple of good throws. He was less than the most 50%, part, right? He was like 16 out of 33. Right. So so that, I think, really hurt his passer rating was that he, it was such a low uh, percentage. And also his yardage was like 203 yards, right? So yeah. those are not going to help your passer rating numbers at all. You know, I think the Bears are a good defense. I am surprised the way the Packers are playing that they did beat the Bears. I thought, you know, they're able to get a rush with four. Um, and that was going to be, that's kind of the, the poison for the Packers, but man, I thought the line blocked really well. I mean, versus the first game, you know, we have, uh, it's the same line except for the rookie, uh, guard, uh, whose name escapes me for a second. Um, oh, Jenkins Jenkins. Um, but they blocked really, really well. Uh, and then I, I just forget the impact that haha Clinton Dix can make <laughs> on a defense where you basically, that's why I thought when they threw that deep ball to MVS, I thought, good, maybe they know to attack HaHa and they'll go back to this. But in my the back of my mind, I thought, you know, he didn't catch it, and they are not going to go back to that play again because you know once you've once you've made a mistake as a receiver, you're you're shunned. In fact, I'm surprised they didn't just um, you know whip him on the back, you know, um, on the sidelines there because uh, <laughs> shame on him. You will not. In fact, I wonder how many more plays he ran. Did I, I, I don't really he, recall. He had, Maybe you'll see him. He had seven plays in the game. Is, is that right? So yeah. as a number two receiver, uh, apparent, you know, going into the season, yeah. seven plays. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, 
you can't see why this is frustrating. Um, no, I mean, well, yeah, I, eleven and three is is I, great. Yeah, I mean, no, I I understand that they don't look great. I mean, that's that's obvious and clear. But at some point, you have to say eleven and three. That's damn good. A playoff spot that is damn fine, and you have a chance uh, to lock up the um, the second seed. Um, and probably if, even if you lose to the Vikings this week, that's, that's why this Bears game I thought was so important, because now if you lose to the Vikings, you can still win the division by beating a decimated Lions team. Um, and that I mean, if they went up with a, tw- a 12 wins, I mean, that's rarefied air. That's that's some, you know, that's a damn fine record. It, it really it yeah. on the surface. It really does, doesn't it? Well, yeah. Um, and but, it's it's and that's what I'm saying. It's, you know, the. There's something to be said for winning, and and I said this pretty consistently through the whole time we've done this podcast. I want my team to win. Last year, even I didn't care about draft position. I wanted them to beat the Lions in the last game of the season. That, of course, did not happen. But I want to see them win every week. I don't care if they are 14 and 0 or if they're 0 and 14 going into their 15th game. I just want them to win. And then when they win that game, I want them to win the next week. And I at this point. Maybe they are lucky, and we could go through the reasons and the ways that they're lucky, starting with, you know, the schedule. As it turns out, I think that they only have uh, one win against a team with a winning record right now. Is is, is that well, I heard, correct? So yeah. they beat the Chiefs, uh, yeah. and they beat but they, Minnesota. But they beat so, the Chiefs, though, without uh, with, without their quarterback, without Mahomes. That's right, but yeah. I, I heard that, too, as one. But I think you have to – it is two, technically. But okay. if you want to discount the Kansas City game, then I guess – They've only because they beat Dallas, um, lost to Philly, who's at 500. Yeah, yeah. but it's, part of that is is um, misleading. I and mean, the Bears would be have a winning record if they hadn't lost to the Packers twice. Right, twice. Okay. Okay. So, okay fair yeah. enough. Yeah, that's fair enough. I just, you know, I mean, they've gotten the teams they've played. They've got them at the right time. I and mean, they got the Chiefs without Mahomes. You know, they got. Well, I, I don't want to say that they got the Bears at the right time, but, you know, this time around, you know, they, they got them with with a couple of injuries. That was good. Uh, I think that they also were lucky in that Bears probably didn't know what to prepare for in that first game. That may be, you know, part of the reason why the Packers came out as well as they did. I mean, against the Lions, they got that phantom hands to the face at just the right moment. Um, it's just it's a lot of things that have kind of broken their way this season. And I'm not going to complain because how many times have we done this podcast and about the bad luck that the Packers have had? There's been a ton of that. They've lost they lost all those playoff games and overtime. I don't want to start with the Seattle game in 2014 at the end of the year. I mean, they've had their share of bad luck. So maybe, you know, it's 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 balancing out this year. And we should just say thank you. It's a gift. We will take it and we will move on. It will look ugly, but it will still count in the record books and we should be appreciative of that. And hell, if, if they get lucky and they back into the Super Bowl, I'm not going to complain about it. I'll well, okay. That. Every win after the lions, I will not complain. I, I don't care how <laughs> bad Rogers plays. Cause those, those count now, you know, into the second season that, that, that matters. And, um, you know, I, I I'm so curious as how they're planning to play against Minnesota. I do think that Rogers, if he gets pushed around on a defensive line with lots of noise, I think he, in the last few years, I think he starts to get that glassy eyed look and, and mm. maybe that will cause him to say, you know what? I'm, 
I'm going to try to look for the open receiver. I'm going to go through my reads. Or maybe it's going to force me to go to Adams even more. Yeah. Um, I, I'd be curious what LaFleur's approach is going to be. I do think the – I am pretty pleased with the defense. I think um, although they're giving up yards, I am happy with the defense. Should we talk about that after the break? Yeah, I think that would be a good idea because uh, if anything, you know, th- this is the second game against the Bears that they've won on defense. So, you know, props to that, and we spent a little time on that. Um, as we head into our break, uh, I want to acknowledge some uh, email that we've received. As always, uh, we could count on on Chris from Scottsdale being in touch with us uh, after the game. Thank you for that, Chris. And of course, He's our, not, he wasn't happy, right? Uh, I don't know that Chris has ever been happy. Yeah. But we, but this is what we do on Packers Therapy. We provide a place for people to get it off their chest, <laughs> yeah. you know, so they can go to work and they can be productive and they can have healthy, happy family lives because they vented to Chris and Dave after the game. So, Chris Raleigh, thank you, sir. I'm so glad that you were in touch, as you always are, and I hope that we help you. We give you a place. Give you a place to let it all go. Uh, So speaking of letting it all go, Tom, Tom out in California, uh, in touch with us. Very thoughtful email, as always, Tom. We appreciate that. And also, uh, we got a nice email, uh, someone trying to help, and we appreciate that. And uh, I think this guy has been listening a long time, Brandon Nudzvig. Is that, I think I think that might be – or maybe it's Knudsvig. It sounds like he might be like next-door neighbors with Klaus or something like that. But. Yeah, because it's not – it's Knut. It's not Newt. Yeah, so, uh, so it, this it could be, be Knudsvig. Knudsvig. Well, I think <laughs> yeah. Brandon is the part of it that we get right. Yep. Uh, and, and he has an area code so things from the Milwaukee area, so I guess he's, he's not in Norway. Anyway, uh, very kind offer, sir. We appreciate that. Uh, and uh, thank you for your kind words, too, about – you know, great Packers coverage and entertainment, blah, blah, blah. We know that you're probably high. But anyway, we do appreciate that uh, the, 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 the people at the long-term care facility were able to let you have a little Internet time to be able to send that to us. And we do appreciate it, Brandon. So thank you. Um, and also, we already talked about uh, the kind gift uh, from our guy, um, Art uh, Vandelay. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that, one, that one was Brad. Excuse me. Uh, he was kind enough to go to uh, PayPal, and he went to Packers Therapy Yahoo.com at PayPal, and uh, you know, gave me a little something, something from. As I'm sure it's something he overcharged a client for, probably. Yeah, probably. Well, we, put a, we put an extra bathroom in. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Maybe a couple extra bathrooms, you know, with a false floor where you can hide your weapons, you know, that kind <laughs> of thing. Anyway, uh, thank you for that. And if you want to be a cool architect like our guy Brad. Uh, you can go to PayPal, and you can go to PackersTherapy at Yahoo.com, chip us off a couple of bucks. You can go to Patreon. You can well, – however that works, I'm not even sure, but I know a lot of guys have done it. We appreciate that. Thank you so much uh, for supporting Packers Therapy this way. All kidding aside, we very much do appreciate that because we don't charge for this podcast. We're never going to charge for this podcast, mainly because we don't know how to. Um, if we could ever figure that out, we would make you guys pay like you would not believe. So, all right, we're, we're, we're going to make sure this is actually re- recorded. I think um, probably if people are lucky it hasn't recorded. We'll have to start over again. But on the on the chance that it works, uh, we're, we're going to just check that out, make sure everything is good. This will give you a chance to stop the podcast and go get yourself a sandwich, something good to drink. And Chris and Dave are going to be back with more Packers Therapy in just a bit. 
Chris and Dave back with more Packers therapy. We promised to talk a little bit about the defense. And I think really, you know, that's that's the story of this game. Uh, Packers holding uh, the Bears just 13 points. Now, they gave up a lot of yards, and that's kind of what they do. I mean, that's the kind of defense they are. But they also didn't give up a lot of points, and that also is the kind of defense that they are. But I think it's worth noting um, that Kenny Clark has just been playing great the last couple of weeks. I think he was a, a huge difference maker. And then it was really nice to see Rashawn Gary get his first uh, sack. Yeah. Yeah. I, for, I thought first, who is that? Who's huh. this Gary character? And uh, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, they had that lineup of Gary and Preston Smith in the outside and Kenny Clark and Zadarius Smith on the inside. Uh, Zadarius is kind of a rover and, you know, they're getting pressure on the quarterback with that lineup. Um and I and sometimes I think they have Fackrell instead of Gary. So, and Fackrell Fackrell gets some decent pressure too. So the one thing I am happy about this defense is the front four can put pressure on the quarterback by themselves. That's different than last year, for sure. You had Nick Perry and Clay Matthews just, you know, line dancing with their partner <laughs> um, <laughs> for the whole game. And then I think you know the, our corners are pretty good too. What I, I'm interested is how Petten gets very passive. Um, I mean, he, and I guess maybe I shouldn't blame him because, you know, the Packers were up, let's see, 21 to three in, uh, you know, well into the second half. And uh, the way the Bears were moving the ball, you would think, you know, you have enough time. But I guess what he doesn't anticipate is that the offense is going three and out five times in a row. So the prevent defense, which is going to make you take time to move down the field, doesn't work as well when your offense just gives it right back right away. Um, so I, I wonder if he's going to start to get more aggressive because at 21 to three, when the bears had the ball, I mean, you can't afford to give up a mistake. Why don't you, uh, put some pressure on Mitch with five or six guys and, and really make it happen, force a, a turnover or something. And, you know, if you give up a touchdown because they, they went over the top, well, it's 21, 10 and, um, you still have a margin of that's comfortable, but. I think he really goes into that zone kind of bend don't break philosophy and, and teams. That's where I think Chicago um, really started to move the ball. And, and thank goodness for Dean Lowry's interception. I think, you know, this game might've been really close at the end if it wasn't for that interception. That a little bit like the BJ Raji interception. That was, in, yeah. Yeah. In, in the NFC championship game, you know, where you, you have an unexpected guy, a defensive lineman at a critical time in the game, making an interception. And in the case of the Lowry, uh, while it was a great play, I mean, amazing for a guy who very rarely touches the ball to be able at point blank range to haul that thing in, it it saved him two minutes. I mean, the the defense um, did what they had to do, but the offense couldn't hold up their end of the deal. And they did run two minutes off the clock, which was a good thing. But, you know, they should have been able at that point you know, to even put another field goal on the board. And that would have been probably enough to ice the game. Instead, you know, it, it wound up going a lot longer or giving the Bears a lot more chance to win than it should have. And it wasn't it wasn't the fault of the defense, even though the defense had a hard time getting off the field on third down. 83 plays that the Bears ran. I mean, that's yeah, just crazy. I know. And, and you wonder um, if the defense at the end part of the reason maybe they weren't quite as effective is because they were on the field a lot on that particular day. So uh, I, I got to give it to them though. I mean, it's much like 
it's it's much like a microcosm of the Packers overall season that they give up a lot of yards. They don't always look great, but when you look at how many points they give up, they're pretty stingy. And I think a big reason why the offense can can be as inconsistent as it is is because their defense, you know, routinely keeps the other team off the board. Even if they get a lot of yardage, they keep them off the board. And, you know, that that's probably the most important factor. It, it does raise the question, though, are you getting lucky when you give up that many yards and that few points? Why is it it works that way? I'm not sure. But for whatever reason, they <clears throat> stiffen. That's a blue chew uh, segue right there uh, as this to get close to the end zone. So I I'll take it like I'll take 11 and three. Um, but it it's nerve wracking when the other team has the ball and they continually drive down the field. That just that just doesn't feel good. And when you rely on getting sacks and turnovers, if those things don't happen, uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't I don't think the Packers win this game or a lot of the games that that they've won with without that. You know, I'm looking at the tackle chart and I'm looking down the list and there's not a, a single player I can really point out to say that, that they had a disappointing game or, um, you know, a really bad play other than maybe um, Kevin King, the, the, the turf monster jumped up and tripped him oh. on that deep pass to Robinson. But, you know, you look at Blake Martinez, Jair Alexander, Kenny Clark, Tremont Williams, Chandon Sullivan had yeah. a great defended play. Um, yeah near the end zone, Lancaster, Savage. I mean, really, none of these, none of them, I think, had really a poor game uh, that, uh, you know, that they were, you know, years past, we would just, we pick out people that just had such bad games. I, I guess I'm not really seeing that on this team, but you're right. They gave up a, quite a few plays. Um, how many yards? So Trubisky threw for 319, they rushed yeah. for 96. So, yeah, uh, that's a pretty decent, yards. Yeah. yeah, that's a pretty decent amount. Um so, but yeah, I still think the defense is holding their end of the bargain up, and uh, it's the offense. I mean, they, this should have been an easy win for the Packers uh, once they got up 21 to three. Um, just very frustrating. Although, what did you think of the very last play? Did you think there was a chance that thing was going to score? <laughs> I, you know, at first I thought, no, oh, this is ridiculous. This never works. And then it was working. And yeah, I got, I must admit that, you know, the, the sphincter tightened up there a little bit, uh, you know, toward the end of that. Uh, but there was just too many things that had to go wrong for the Packers. And in other years that may well you know, have gone wrong, but this is one of those years where these things go right. That particular play, you know, they fumble at the two yard line, something like that. It's like when they hold, um, Carolina out of the end zone on that on that you know on the one yard line with right. you know, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, they've had a couple of fourth quarter interceptions in the end zone. I mean, things have just broken their way this year, or they've come up big when they've had to this year. When in past years, it seems like that hasn't that hasn't gone their way as routinely as it has this year. You you wonder you know if and when it's going to catch up to them. But to this point, hey, it's for whatever reason, it's worked out. Imagine if they're able to you know, kind of put together a solid performance on both sides of the ball. And next week, Minnesota will be the perfect time for that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love to say, like, yes, that is exactly what we want. I mean, we put pressure on Cousins. We got a couple of interceptions. 
Rodgers threw a ton of short passes and just dinked and dunked on the field and hit a couple of long ones to MVS, um, you know, when they weren't expecting it. Oh, you know, I think it's in there. It's it's somewhere in there. Maybe it LaFleur needs years of coaching experience to pull that out. Um, I, you know, it, it's hard to know how much the a new coaching staff matters. I mean, when I watch the game on TV, they're playing football. Like, I don't know how much it's different between McCarthy and LaFleur um, in how much maturity of, of a coach matters. But it is seem like there's there's a team out there that should play better and, and they just can't seem to get it out. Maybe next week. I mean, that's that is a great thing is while they're discovering who they are, um, they are 11 and three. You know, they did interview. I don't know if you heard the Tremont Williams interview and they asked him um, about have they reached their potential or something like that. And he said, we're still trying to figure ourselves out. Or we're still trying to find our way. And I thought that was interesting that he said that, that he wasn't, you know, he wasn't we're doing well, you know, we're proud of our guys. It, you know, what he came out with first, his first thought was that we're still trying to figure this out. I wonder how much of that is just this coaching staff is trying to figure it out, too. Did you see that interview or did you hear? I did not yeah. see the interview, but there's something to it. it. It seems like so many times it's the second year of a new coaching staff that really tells you what you got. And, you know, it was Lombardi's second year that they went to the NFL championship game. It was McCarthy's uh, second season that they, you know, wound up in the uh, NFC championship game. Um, it was the second year under Sherman where they went from nine wins to 12 wins that that season. I mean, it, it seems like there is a kind of a shaking out period. And we mentioned this a a couple of weeks ago, but the fact that the Packers are winning, lucky or not, regardless of what you want to call it, they are winning this year in what is traditionally a difficult, you know, transitional year. So could it be that, you know, they'll be they'll be like legitimately better next year when they've had a year to kind of get their bearings under them. But instead of struggling this first year, you know, they've got a minimum now of 11 wins and a playoff appearance before they've really learned this coaching staff and what the expectations are, what the techniques are, and what the system is designed to do. If that's the case, I mean, this really is a gift. Yeah, I agree. And looking at the defense, how many are unrestricted free agents next year? Do you have a beat on that? Do they have to sign Kenny Clark? And yeah, I, I thought think... there is a number of guys that they need because I, I would love for – Goodikens to kind of do an overhaul of the offense next year for tight ends and receivers, maybe the offensive line, um, maybe well, quarterback, but no, I'm just he, kidding. Well, <laughs> but, um, you know, if he could do that, but do we have to spend a lot of money on, you know, signing our own guys on defense? Yeah, I don't I don't know that uh, you'll do a lot on defense. You know, Blake Martinez, I think, is the big question that they have on defense. What are they going to do about that? But uh, they, they sign Lowry. Uh, this off season, um, when uh, and th- I think it was like the beginning of training camp, right? Uh, and then of course they, you know, the Smiths, they, you know, just sign them. Yep. Uh, same thing with 31, uh, Amos, he he just signed. Uh, Savage is a rookie. Um, Alexander will be heading into his third year, so he's still in his rookie contract. King, boy, that's a good question. I'm not sure if King's deal is up or if he's heading into his last into his last year. Um, it, but I know Blake is up and, and Kenny Clark is, is not signed long-term yet. No, uh, but, I, but I think he might be a guy though, where they can, you know, have that, uh, cause he's a first round pick. I think yeah. they get him for the, for the fifth year. Uh, um, yeah. So I, 
the, the, the major guy is Blake, but they're going to have to make decisions in the short term on uh, King, which I think they'll probably will go that way. And I think definitely they got to come up with money for Kenny Clark. Yeah. Well, I think they um, – and hopefully then there's some money the next year to really overhaul the wide receiving core because um, it. I really – I'm a fan of Lazard. I feel that guy does really well. But I think, you know, Kumro maybe is your five. But uh, Allison, MVS, and Jimmy Graham, uh, those are all improvements we need to make. I really wish they would get Tanyan and Sternberger more involved on, you know, five to ten yard throws to move chains down the field. I, I feel like those are – and Mercedes Lewis, for that matter. You know, get those guys involved. And with those three tight ends, I feel like you have three good blockers, too, um, that that could be an effective offense. Um We'll we'll see if they if they like those guys. You know, I did have one other note here. There was uh, one play the Bears had where a uh, wide receiver went out like eight yards and turned around. Trubisky hit him right there, and then he sort of turned and fell for a first down. And I was trying to think. I don't think I've seen that play run uh, all game, and I can't actually remember. I'll see. Can you remember a wide receiver going out eight yards in the middle of the field, turning around and then catching a ball? I. I, I just couldn't think of it. Not in the middle of the field. It seemed to it's me always to the sideline, right? Right. I mean, and that's been a thing all year long. And I've heard people talking about it that, you know, middle of the fields where you know interceptions happen. So Aaron doesn't like to go there. He'd rather, you know, go to the outside, which I think opens you up for a pick six. But yeah, whatever. Um, he does not seem. Can he can he see clearly in the middle of the field with all the commotion, hands up and all that stuff? For whatever reason, he, he doesn't seem like he goes over the middle very much. Maybe it's because Devontae plays outside the numbers and and that's the place where he's going to throw most of the time because that's where 17 is. I'm, I'm not exactly sure why, but he doesn't seem to go across the middle a lot. I don't know. Do teams always play man against the Packers? Because that seems like that's a real... That's a zone buster, right? Is you you pick that hole and you just turn around and stay right there and, and hit that guy uh, pretty quickly. But I I just I thought you know I guess I can't think of any time that we've really run that play, um, which would seem would be a staple in any any offense to get first downs. But anyway, one last thing I thought for my wanted to talk about was um, is Tyler Irvin. Yes, uh, another <laughs> excellent excellent game. This guy. You know, Chris, this is why people like me say, you know, they should use free agency. And then people like you go, like, who? Who would you get? Like, who would you replace with? And I would say, I don't know, someone. Um, well, Tyler Irvin is those kind of people. Like, there is a, a host of people out there who, for some reason, are available. And when you get them, they improve your team significantly. And Tyler Irvin uh, is – I mean, why is he why is he out there? Why was he available when he's that good? He – he is so much better than what we had on kickoff and punt returns. Um, when he got hurt, uh, I hope if he, he almost blew the game for us by going out and putting Tremont Williams in there. But uh, what an improvement for this guy. Big punt returns and the kickoff return. He had a huge return on the kickoff. Yeah, for, yeah 45 yards. Um, well, one of the reasons why you know I kind of am dubious on you know free agency is because they got this guy in season off the street. I mean, they didn't have to go in the offseason and spend a lot of money to get him. They were able to get him like they got Howard Green back in the day, you know. So, I, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to complain about the, the Smiths, you know, and, and Amos. I mean, these were good acquisitions. 
but I, I guess the fact that you can get these guys the way they did calls into question whether or not you really, you know, necessarily, for instance, on a kick returner, you don't necessarily need to spend a lot of money when you can, when you can get those like they did. So the other question I would have, and I don't know what your opinion is on this, but when we talk about Tyler Irvin, uh, is he really that good or is he just good in comparison to what they had, which was so lousy? Well, but I could have said that about corners for the Packers in the past, the safeties for the Packers in the past, the tight ends, you know, and the pack. Like, that is the point. I, I, They don't have to be all pros that you're picking up. They just need to be better than what you have. And, you know, there have been lots of years where Ted Thompson just sticks with his guys and we end up playing with some no-name guy that they pick up off the uh, – that, you know, he draft under drafted free agent as a corner or safety, uh, you know, Gudikin seems to be a little bit more active picking guys up and oh, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's worked really well. The free agents have really been solid this year and this Tyler Irvin, I'm, I'm glad to see. I mean, I was actually looking forward to, um, you know, punt returns once again, I forgotten yeah. what that felt like, um, and the kickoffs too. So let's hope this guy stays healthy. He could be a big turnaround for them. Yeah, it it makes you wonder, is this going to be that, you know, kind of under the radar pickup again, going back to Howard Green, uh, where, you know, he got cut by his team, I guess because of his weight, right, in the middle of the season. And he just came in and made a huge difference for the Packers, including in the Super Bowl. You know, he's the guy that caused the bad pass that Nick Collins intercepted in return for a touchdown. Um, Will there be... You know, in my mind, I'm thinking, hmm, is he going to return a punt or something like that or a kickoff um, next week against the Vikings? Or yeah, wouldn't in, that be awesome? Or, yeah. or in the playoffs that, you know, uh, and there'll be that it'll be that story. Well, he wasn't even on the team two months ago. And, you know, and now he's a key part of what they're trying to do down the stretch. Uh, but there's no question that he's made an enormous difference uh, when they just had. I mean, they literally had nothing. They had less than nothing when it came uh, to punt returns. And now they have a legitimate guy that can give them some field position. Now, offense hasn't taken tremendous you know, advantage of that, uh, but it does help. You know, when you're starting your drives at the 40-yard line, that's a big advantage. And they just didn't have that, in- including when they had Trevor Davis. I mean, he, you know, I, I guess he had their longest return of the season uh, was like one yard. Uh, up until they got Irvin, um, I don't know. It's the same special teams coach, uh, same guys on special teams, I think. But for whatever reason, you know, this guy catches the ball and goes immediately up the field. And it it's a small revelation, but, you know, getting eight yards, 10 yards, 12 yards, just by going straight ahead and and taking whatever is given. And I think I think that's huge because it just puts the offense in just a lot better starting position. And when you're as inconsistent as the Packers are, you know, you need those kinds of advantages. Yeah. And maybe the blockers will start to press a little harder, you know, because now they have someone that will actually do something with the ball. Um, yeah, maybe we'll get a kick re- or punt return before the end of the year here. That would be that would be awesome. Yeah. The, the other, I had one other thing. Yeah. The, uh, you know, if you're a Bear fan, I thought there were two big breaks. And one was, I mean, it just can't emphasize enough that Tremont Williams, had that been a fumble and a recovery for the Bears, that whole game could have been different. Um, you know, I think there's a huge path dependency of how these games go. 
and uh, a big break for the Bears and say they score. They're up 7 nothing first. I, I just think the game is completely different. Um, but the other was the pass interference. I, I thought when in so, the last two minutes. Yeah, when, I was going to uh, say right down the stretch, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, the the I guess New York called in and said they yeah. wanted to review the pass interference. I was looking at it, I'm like, that's definitely pass interference. It's either holding or pass interference. But holding, they can't call on a replay, can they? Right, no. I, so I have to... I think all they can do on on replay are things like you know pass interference. I think that's specifically a part of the rule that you can you can review that retroactively. Uh, what I guess what kind of got me, and maybe this is you know why you have a booth review in the last two minutes, but it just seemed it wasn't called on the field, so it wasn't like they had to review anything. They were proactively deciding to review it, and I guess that's the rule. But I don't know that i that i like that i mean there was help the packers against minnesota well yeah it it certainly it certainly did and i know that it's in place because of the thing in the playoffs last year i understand that but it just seemed to me that uh unlike a lot of the penalties it's usually you know when there's a call on the field and then they they want to see if it was if it was missed this was proactively though seeing if it was if something was there that wasn't missed. So why wouldn't you be able to review every play and say, no, we're going to buzz this because there was, there was holding on that play. Why just pass interference and why not, you know, oh, there's a block in the back or, you know, I think I saw a guy move too quickly and the referees missed it. So we are going to stop the game and we're going to say that the right tackle moved too quickly. You know, I, I, it, it seems to me different for this one penalty, this one kind of infraction. If, if there's nothing on the field, they can just decide that, no, we're going to take a look at this because nothing was called. It, yeah. it just it seems incongruent. Yeah, I don't. Um, well, what seems crazy is if you're going to do it, then at least you should probably use it correctly. Like that should have been a pass interference call. Um, it, he held him and then he interfered with him. Yeah. Which I, I, you know, if you slow motion it down, you it probably is pass interference on 80% of the pass plays. So I just don't understand it. They they stop the game, they make us all anxious, and then they end up just staying with the call anyway. When they probably should have, you know, made the call. I I don't know. It's it's it is a bit of a mess, but it broke it's, the Packers' way. It's, and, it's it's working the Packers' favor, and I yeah. I, I I don't want to I don't want to get upset about it because. You know, this is one of those years where things are going their way, and I, I think it, we just have to say, hey, wonderful, things are going their way this season. We should accept it. We should be grateful for it. We should be glad about it. We shouldn't be looking a gift horse in the mouth because how many years have things not gone their way? And then we're like, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda. And this is a lot better situation to, you know, say, hey. You know, maybe they aren't as good as their record, but they still have that record. It still counts. It still is going to allow them to win the division and probably get a home playoff game, maybe even get a first round bye. So let's not question it too much. Let's just take it and say, okay, fine. And we're going to move on. Well, I'm right. As of today, I'm willing to wipe the slate clean and watch the Vikings game with hope that they play well. Um, and if they do, twelve and three, awesome. I, I'm and I'll be no one will be more excited than I am. But I I'm not alone. I I think you 
Oh yeah, it's a real fifty-fifty. Right. The half the people are upset, and the other half are upset that people are upset. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> it's a funny season. But the good thing is that we're all upset. That's the that's <laughs> the that's the important thing. That's you the know? Christmas miracle. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it it truly is. I, you know, now what about this? What would it take? What kind of game would it take for the Packers to play at Minnesota uh, next Monday night? We're recording this on a Monday night, so a week from t- tonight. What kind of game would the Packers have to play for you to think, uh, okay, this team is for real. They really are. At that point, it'll be 12 wins, um, and I think that they can be a force in the playoffs. What would they have to do to make you feel better about this? Uh, it all Look, if they win 35-34 and the defense had a rough game, I would be still happy. I want the offense to play well. The, the defense is going to give up points to Minnesota – you know, they can make a couple of stops, but the offense has to look efficient. I want to see lots of people involved. I want to see Aaron Jones being a major factor. Uh, you know, if that can happen and we get a high quarterback rating for Rodgers, if that offense is efficient, then I'll be happy with that. So uh, even so, even if the defense is dicey, you give up a lot of yards, a lot of points, but the offense looks good, and they somehow are able to win, like you said, like a 35-34 kind of game. You'd feel like this team is legit and for real because they they went on the road against a good team, and they won. Yeah, and, and scored. Because I feel like when you get people, teams in Green Bay, the defense will play better. I just need that offense to not play so stupid. So I got to see a smart offense play. That'll make me happy. Like – like the the Dallas game, for instance, when they yeah Kansas City thirty one to three yeah and they were right. on the road and at that point you know Dallas was considered a a real contender they still might win their division uh, but that that was a big win at the time it was an unexpected win that I that was the first game they played without Devonte is that correct I think it is that might be and that Oakland I know when did Rogers have the perfect quarterback rating was that against I, that Oakland was, I guess it was that was against Oakland yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know that that was uh, that was an awesome offense, right? That was um, you're throwing five yard passes to MVS and he runs for 80 yards or something. You know, it was it was great. Um, when have we seen a, a crossing pattern by MVS since then? No, uh, right. nothing. And you would think a guy with that kind of speed, I mean, that would be right playing to his game, right? I sure, mean, right. Get him, the, get him the ball, open space with a head of steam. I mean, that would seem to be what you would want, you know, but so uh, there's one last thing that I want to mention before we get out of the, the betting lines here. Um, and it's about expectations. And I know I've said many times on this podcast, you know, that expectations are premeditated resentments. And I have been hearing so many people um, with these fluid expectations that in the season began, they thought the Packers were a 500 team and that was their expectation. But then the Packers go out to a 7-1 start, and all of a sudden, their expectations change. Well, that doesn't seem fair, you know, <laughs> that if you really think that what this team is is a 500 team, and they come out 7-1 or they're 11-3, you shouldn't now be disappointed because somehow you changed your expectations. Well, no, your assessment of them was this is who they are. And your assessment should now be, I guess I was wrong. They're better than I thought they were. I'm delighted. And I, and that's that just it's a pet peeve of mine. There's probably no right answer, but I just hate the, the fluid nature of expectations that 
you know, you you can sit there like we did before the season began. I I so it's a seven and nine. You said nine and seven, and it would be like now all of a sudden. Well, now I'm not satisfied because they're eleven and three. Well, I that would be ridiculous of me to say that because. I looked at this team. I watched every one of the preseason games unwillingly at times, but I watched them all and I watched every minute of all of those games. And I saw, yeah, you know, seven and nine. It's a new coach, blah, blah, blah. I gave all those reasons. There's no way that I could in good conscience sit here now and say, I'm disappointed with this team because their offense is inconsistent and their defense gives up a lot of yards. That just wouldn't be fair for me to all of a sudden change my expectations because they won a few games. Hmm. I think uh, life isn't fair. And, uh, you know, I, I, we do this all the time, though. I think you're, you're pinpointing this on sports. But, you know, at your job, if, if you have an expectation that you're, you're going to do something this well, and then as it goes along, it does much better. And then if it crashes at the end, you don't feel like, well, you know, I, I should have gone back to my original expectations. I mean, what's to say when you set your original expectation, that's where it has to be hard set there. I mean, I think you change your expectations constantly. Um, and so that is what disappointment is. It's when reality doesn't meet your expectations. But I don't think expectations has to be set before game one, no? Uh, well, if it it depends, right? If you're looking at the season and you're saying, well, wait, what do you think about the Packers season? What are your expectations for the year? What do you think they have? And if if that's what you think they have uh, in September, you shouldn't be disappointed in December when they've exceeded what you thought they were. You well, I think in, in hindsight, maybe, you know, I can have that feeling. But I was never more disappointed than 2014. They went further than I would have expected. Um, I mean, they made it to the NFC Championship, but the way they lost that game, I was that has never been more painful. I never once thought to myself, well, you know, I'm 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 just glad they made the NFC Championship. I mean, when they lost it the way they did, it was awful. Oh yeah. So that, I, that was the worst the worst loss in in my memory. Yeah. That, and my expectation, because yeah. my expectation was they were going to win that game in the fourth quarter, and that got you know completely dashed as it as it played itself out. It's because my expectation of winning the NFC Championship changed at that moment that I didn't have before the season started that season. I don't know. I, I understand what you're saying, but I, I just think that I change my expectations constantly, and I think that's that's a normal thing. But Well, uh, I mean, but does it work the other way, though, about expectations? That, you know, I I really thought that, you know, they're you know going to be a 7-9 um, and team, and when they won four games... Um, I mean, should I should I change my expectations when it was clear they weren't going to win seven games and I should be cutting them slack? Uh, no, because life doesn't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's my life and I don't need to give anyone breaks. Uh, you know, last season, I thought they'd be much better when they weren't. Um, I, I guess my expectations are they suck. And so when they well, kept losing, I wasn't. Dis- I guess I wasn't. Dis- I shouldn't wasn't. Shouldn't you have changed your expectations when I it was did that they that they weren't that good, and you should accept the fact that they were a six-win team, and you shouldn't be disappointed then because you just have to change your expectations. Well, I I I could say I don't think I was disappointed when they lost their eighth and ninth game um, because I didn't care at that point. So my expectations you were, you were, were despondent. <laughs> I, that's right. I they awful and. I wanted them to lose. Unlike you wanted them to win, I wanted them to get the draft pick. So I, I think I wasn't nearly as upset 
when they lost the last game of the season against, I don't know, Detroit or whoever they yeah, played. It was, yeah, it was brutal. That was the game that Rodgers but, got the concussion early in the game. Yeah, and I didn't care. You know, I, I not like, but you seem to to still care about that. So it sounds like you're consistent. Um, I just, I don't think we agree on that point. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's, 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 a, it's just, a, maybe it depends on, on how you've experienced this this team for for so long. Um, and I, again, I, I've got 10 years on you, so I experienced some things differently. And there were, you know, every one of those those years between Super Bowl two and, you know, the the Super Bowl that that they that they won against uh, New England. Um, that was a that was a hell of a journey. And um, I, I just got to the point where, like right now, 11 wins. God, I mean, there were just so many years of frustration where they couldn't get over the hump. And it seemed like every time they got close, something screwed up someplace or another. And it's just to me, it's just great that my team can be relevant. And the last two years were hard because they because they weren't relevant. You know, they at this time in the year, they got eliminated in the 15th week last year. And at that point, yeah, I watched the games. I wanted them to win, but, you know, they weren't relevant. They weren't going to be in the postseason. Well, now when these articles come out about they're handicapping the postseason and they're, you know, who's going to do this and who's going to play where and what, my team's right in the middle of that. And that, that that's really exciting for me as a fan. Oh, that's I'll be excited if they beat Minnesota. I think there's a good chance they lose two of their next three games because the season starts for me right now. Like, you know, the rest of the season is right now. And uh, if they lose two of their next three, uh, this three-game season is going to absolutely be the worst. Um, we we just think this differently. I think we've always been differently. Yeah. It's a, oh, oh yeah, we have the, have always had had this this we've we've come closer from the time that we've started, but we're always going to have I think kind of this fundamental view um, on on what it means, I, I guess, to, to be a, a fan and how you experience that. And I think it's good because if we saw everything exactly the same, what fun would that be? I mean, especially on a podcast like this, because we come at it with wanting the same thing, but coming at it from, from, you know, different, from different places. And I think that those were shaped just really on kind of how we became, became fans. You know, we both grew up in Wisconsin, uh, but, at a time where, you know, I had different kinds of formative experiences with the Packers than you did. So I, I think that all plays into it. You know, big, big snake man, he's three, three days younger than I am, but he kind of grew up with the same sorts of experiences of the Packers. And so he views a lot of this the same way, because every Sunday it was a another kick in the package, you know, for, <laughs> for, for so long. And when they finally had that success, it was just like, Man, nine wins. A winning season was a big freaking deal, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then to have stack those for, you know, season after season after season, it's like, you have got to be kidding me when we were irrelevant for so long. Yeah. I think you have a little bit more time on that. I remember Lynn Dickey having some, you know, good years in there, but they ultimately disappointed. Um, I think Magic Man was the first time I experienced some wins that. Um, oh, man against the bears and and things and then when the fire thing rolled through it's true i've had a lot of years of success that i may be spoiled but because uh, here i am 11 3 and i'm complaining in fact someone in the uh, uh betting lines put a comment um 
Well, someone said this is all set up for a horror show, so <laughs> that's sort of under under mine. Um, but someone said my answers are mostly opposite. Davy Downer and Gloomy Chris. They told us to lighten up, guys. That's uh, that's Tom Freeman. Tom oh. told us that. Can you believe? Well, well he's he said he was going to cut his wrist after he listened to the last I, podcast. I know. That, that's what he said in his, in his email. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and I I get why people would you know feel feel that way. Um, I. You know, Tom's been a fan longer than I have, so he's he's seen he's seen more of this too. So he he probably has a, a healthier, and also he's retired, so he's able to kind of smell the roses too. So that that may be that may be, and also he's married to Judy, and that right there has got to make every day special. Yeah, that's yeah. very nice. Well, with that, should we do betting lines? I think it's time. Now we're gonna change it up this this week. We in the history of the betting lines and. It, Man, have we done this 10 years? It's been a long time that we've done, done the, the betting lines. We have never had a time where I, when I have been the, the ones coming up with the propositions, and Dave has been the one who is setting the lines. We're going to do it. We're going to change it up this week and do it. Um, and now that I know how much work it is to do it, it's not going to happen again. But yeah. we will do it. We will do it uh, this week. Uh, but in the meantime, you're going to tell us who won last week. Yes, we had uh, 29 people play this week, which is a, a good number of people. Um, so let's go through it. The first one uh, is, will the Packers cover at four and a half? We both said no. Uh, the answer was yes, they, they covered. I was actually going to yeah. bet on the game, and oh. I'm glad I, I didn't. Um, number two, uh, total score will be over or under. We both said the under, and it was the under. That probably would have been a better bet, uh, given the cold and Trubisky and everything else. Um, Number three, total yards by Aaron Jones. You set the line at 106. He had 51. That is an uh, unacceptable uh, line and uh, unacceptable participation of Aaron Jones. That needs to be <laughs> higher. Uh, number four, total targets to Jones and Adams. You set the line at 13 and a half, and it was 13, all because they were targeted at Devontae Adams. None for <laughs> Aaron Jones, man. Um, number five, uh, Tyler Irvin's uh, net average punt return, you set the line at six and a half, and it was 12. So we might have to, I took the under there. We have to bump that up each, uh, my expectation there each week. Uh, number six, Trubisky's quarterback rating, you set the line at 88, and it was 65 and a half. Ooh, yeah. Well, those uh, two interceptions, and I think that one at the end of the half especially kind of killed his rating. Yeah. Um, I think that's why Rogers doesn't throw that Hail Mary anymore. He doesn't yeah, want that. Interception. That's right. Exactly. Um, another uh, key stat, how many sacks for the bears have, we you set the line at three and a half and they had one. Mm. Um, mm. and even, oh, the one was that the awful one up the middle. Um, and then we had the two questions. Well, the Packers score on their first drive. That was a no. Um, you said, no, I thought yes. Um, but will they score uh, the first drive of the half? We both said no, and they did score I know, the first drive I know. of the half. Well, I Pretty... think they, they might have done the first two of the second half, right? Um, first, did, yeah, I think that's right. I think that's yeah. right. I've lost my uh, mind. Uh, inner, yeah, <laughs> I have. Yep, two touchdowns, uh, five plays each uh, out of the half. And then uh, the tiebreaker was uh, total rushing yards by Trubisky. Uh, I said 47. You said 25. He had... Um, if you include, he had 29, uh, very close, Chris. Um, and we had said 17 to nine was going to be the score. It was 21 to 13. It wasn't, uh, I guess that's not too far off. No, it's, it's in the ballpark. 
It's in the bottom. And the winner this week is Deb Adams. Hey. Deb had seven correct and was uh, close on the tiebreaker. She said 32 yards. Uh, she is the winner this week. We don't normally have female listeners uh, at the hotel and casino. Um, unless I, it's Judy. Unless it's Judy. Yeah, yeah it's true. Yeah, so true. Uh, we will make sure that it's an extra special experience. I, she might be uh, married to a Jerry Adams who is right next to her on the betting lines. So they may ah. be able to go to the, the presidential suite um, for couples. It would be very nice. Well, we've, uh, we've, we've had a number of couples in there. I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure, right? I mean, besides Tom and Judy, uh, didn't we have the Van Cleves in there too? Is that, is that right? Uh, that's that's right. That's true. Yeah. Uh, be careful. Aubrey, who I believe won last week, put a comment oh, down oh. that the maid stole his luggage. So um, <laughs> that's weird because we don't have okay. maids. <laughs> is it, well, is it is it really stealing, though, when you're so blacked out that you don't really know what happened to your luggage? Yeah. I'm not really sure that's quite the same thing, Aubrey. <laughs> that's you know. true. So uh, be careful, uh, Deb Adams, but congratulations. You have won. Time to try to go for two in a row. Uh, but you're going to have to do it on a very difficult week because I'm setting the lines now. Let's see how I do for once. All right. Okay. Are now, you ready? Now, now, this is um, th- this is my maiden voyager, so you know, be gentle. Okay. Uh, now, I think I want to start out with a classic. We have we we have to because you know I adore the classics. Um, Aaron Rodgers passer rating. Oh, you really put a lot of time into this. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> quarterback it's, it's, always our, it's always our first one, right? So yeah. yeah. All right. So quarterback rating. Uh, I think with Minnesota, with uh, in the dome with the crowd, I think it's going to be pretty poor. Mm. I'm going to say I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say 87 and a half. 87 and a half. Well, let's see. Oh, let me think. Let's see. I, I'm early at this too. He was so oh 78. I, I'm going to take that back. <laughs> For you revising, uh, I will do 90, it's, it's 90. Not as easy as you think it is. 93 and like, 93 and a half. 93 and a half. 90. Ooh, wow. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go under on that under. one. I'm gonna <laughs> go under. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, okay. The next one, number two, uh, Rashawn Gary tackles. Rashawn Gary tackles. Now right. he actually he actually showed up uh, this time around. So. Uh, this this most recent game, I was he had a sack and he had yeah, I think he had a couple of tackles in there too. So he did, yeah, three. Uh, for Sean Gary, I think um, let's see, Kirk Cousins, he's not very mobile. Um, I think three is probably a high. I'm gonna say I'm gonna set line at one and a half. Mm, ooh, uh, yeah, I was I, I thought you go a little higher than that. Um, I'm gonna go over. I'm going to go over on that one. Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, next one. Um, let's go with uh, Tyler Irvin total return yards. So that's both punts and kickoffs. Oh, man. So that means how many punts do they actually have? Um, so he had, well, he had 83 total yards uh, this week. I think Minnesota's offense is pretty good i think they're going to score quite a bit so but that means we're going to get a lot of kickoff returns so that yeah, skews right. it there yeah um so like i don't in a dome they kick a lot out of bounds this is a good one uh, isn't it? I, yeah i'm gonna say i'm gonna set the line at 58 yards oh 58 yards um okay he had a 45 yard return that was a lot of the yardage this past time 
Um, I am going to go under. Under. And that may be, well, all he needs is two kickoff returns to, and one punt return to get there. I, I like 58. I'll stick with that. Yeah, I, th- I think he's going to take a lot of those, um, they're not fair catches, but touchbacks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he won't get the return yards in, in a dome. And, th- and that's why I'm going under on that one. All right. Well, yeah, okay. All fair right. Enough. Uh, okay. Okay. Total Packers penalty yards. Packer penalty yards. Um, now, now, as you think about that, the reason I put this one on here, you know, they've done a really good job on special teams this year, not getting penalized. I mean, at least relative to recent memory. Um, and now they have, I think, more pre-snap penalties this year on offense. But the ones that, you know, kill you, the block in the back stuff that you always get on. It yeah. seemed like every time you, they had a return in the past years, they were getting flagged. And they've done better on that. Uh, but they've done worse on some of the offensive uh, penalties. So that's that was the genesis behind the thinking here. So what do you think? Packers penalty yards. Total Packers. I think they get two to three holding penalties. Uh, I wonder if they'll not uh, jump off sides because um, uh, or get the false start because Rogers is going to do the cadence. Yeah, they won't yeah. be able to hear it anyway. Right. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to set the line at uh, 50 yards. 50 yards is interesting. I'm actually I'm actually going to go over. I think they're going to. They're going to wind up with a pass interference downfield, I think, and that's going to rack up a lot of those yards. And it would not surprise me to see a personal foul, too. Okay. All right. All right. right. Next one. This will be our fifth one, I believe, number five. Yep. 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 Okay. Um, Now, I threw this one out there because there's a chance that Cook is not going to play for the Vikings. The last I heard, he was injured, but I don't know if they have to keep him out of the game. Of course, you don't know that either. So Minnesota rushing yards, Minnesota rushing yards for everybody, including the quarterback. All right. Um, Packers played really well against the run against Chicago, but I think that's because they they didn't have to respect the pass as much. So they think they could load up on the line. So I think they're going to give up some more. And they've had some games where they gave up a lot. I'm going to set the line at 110. Mm, yeah, I I think that's a that's a pretty good number, even if, if Cook uh, doesn't play. I think the rushing yardage was down this past week because you're playing outside. And even though, you know, Sisgrass is one of God's miracles, um, <laughs> I, I, I really think that that turf is not the easiest to run on. Um, now, they'll be playing inside, good conditions, no wind, and on artificial surface. So even if Cook doesn't play, I think that the you know, Vikings will have some success. 110, I believe, is a good number, but I'm okay. going to go over. All right. Six? Number six. I think you may have done a variation on this this past week. Maybe that's why I thought of it. Uh, total score. Total score. Packers plus Vikings. How many points? Oh, um, uh, it depends on the Packers. I think Minnesota scores in the 30s. It's just a matter of can the Packers match them. Um, I'm going to set that line at 45. Ooh, really? Huh. I think you got okay. uh, a 30 to 15, um, 20-25. I, I think the Minnesota – yeah, I'm going to say 45. I think uh, I don't think the Packers are going to score as much as, as – but Minnesota will get about in their 30s. So I – 
I'm going to say 45. Well, Minnesota with a good defense, uh, Packers with an inconsistent offense. Um, you know, that my initial thought was, oh, yeah, over for sure. But kind of thinking it through, I'm, I, you know, I'm not I'm not positive. I'm still going to go over, okay. but I don't think it's going to be much over. All right. That's what and, makes a good line. Okay. And number seven, um, total Minnesota turnovers. That's going to be a key. Um, it will be indeed. I'm just going to set that line at, at one half. Ooh. Uh, I just I, I feel like they at home, you know, they say Cousins is good for an interception or two, but we've got a lot of uh, butterfingers out there in our secondary. So I'm going to just put it at one half. I'm going to go over on All that right. one. I think, think, I think they will get, yeah, I think they will get one uh, because, you know, I mean, the ball, it's, it's an oddly shaped ball. It bounces funny. And so <laughs> I am, I am thinking that they will get at least one. Okay. Now we have to do, um, do we do the tie break or do we, or do we, do we do seven and a half here? Yeah. You should do seven and a half at this okay, point. Seven, okay. This is a yes or no. Will the Packers lose a starter to injury during the game? I will say yes. You? Uh, I am going to say yes as well. Uh, they have been just too lucky for too long. And playing in Minnesota, this is where Rodgers, you know, went down with a broken collarbone. It seems like bad things happen to them in Minnesota. It, it, it just seems like that to me. So I think they will lose somebody. One of their... Um, and we're talking offense, defense here, not not special teams. They will lose one of their offensive or defensive starters to injury during this game. Yes. You want to pick one, or is that too uh, macabre to uh, pick a player? No, macabre is now playing for the Cowboys, right? Uh, yeah. Randall Randall macabre. Yeah. Okay. Very good. You okay. want to pick up who you think is going to get hurt? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, is is it too is it cheating to say Brian Bulaga? <laughs> Uh, uh, no, you can pick that one. I'm going to put Aaron Rodgers. Oh, whoa. No. Oh, that's I mean, a hot take. That's, that's a hot a, take right there. <laughs> that's a guy. He's a guy that dove head first and almost yeah. fumbled the ball. Um, yes. I, I, I think he's, um, I think the way he's playing, he's, this is how disappointment is going to finally come crashing down is, uh, he's going to get a concussion. So, uh, that's my prediction, but, um, it, it, okay. Now this raises a, a related question um and this maybe goes to the whole first half of this podcast is aaron Rodgers still making good decisions and i mean that broadly i mean not just in terms of picking out receivers to pass to but you know good decisions about audibly you know it, you know changing the play uh taking a sack should he you know slide down i mean he, he seems like his decision making is not as sharp and precise as we have become accustomed at least it seems that way to me no i agree it's all that scotch he's drinking he, <laughs> he's he brought it up again the game <laughs> i i don't know i at halftime i think he might like uh they got a lead and he's gonna hit the scotch early why why a better well, time than a present like as mason crosby is having a doobie in the you know yeah. locker, so why not right i mean for <laughs> sean gary and, 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 Smith. and yeah, yeah the, those guys Oh, yeah. So I, I just, I'm, I don't know what the deal is. He, he, he seems like he was such a good decision maker for so long or so it seemed. 
And now, and again, it's not just that he doesn't pass to the open guys. I mean, that's part of it. But there's a whole bunch of things that he's doing. I mean, it's third down. You're on the, you know, 31 yard line. The you're barely in field goal range. The one thing you can't do is take a sack. Yeah. You cannot take us. And he's been doing that. And I, he he did he did it against uh, the Redskins too. It's like, dude. You're you're not helping here. You got to hey, get rid of that ball. Hey hey hey! They're eleven and three, Chris. <laughs> you can't uh, can't back up now. Eleven and three. <laughs> I'm not saying them. I'm, I got to I don't know. Twelve and I have a difficult. We we need we need counseling. Aaron I, and I need to probably sit down with a counselor because we we have prop we have issues with each other, he, and that's just all there's to it. Me too. He makes me angry right now. Uh, I don't I don't know what it is. It's He's always had that arrogance that I never really liked, but now it's arrogance that's causing them to play poorly. And, and I didn't mind arrogance when you're throwing touchdowns. Then you can be as arrogant as you want. But I I, I don't know. I, I think I should join that therapy session too. Yeah, I think that – well, it's, it is it is Packers therapy after yeah, all. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to call us. But All right. Well, so so then we, we have to have a tiebreaker though, right? Yeah, we do. Okay. And uh, I think it should be Kurt Cousins' passer rating. Kirk Cousins, I'm going to set that at 157.5. No. Ah. Uh, <laughs> it's 158.3 is perfect. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, he's been doing pretty good. I don't know what he was uh, last week. I'm going to set that at uh, 109. 109. Now, we, we, did, we just need people, right, to, to give us what they okay. think the rating will be. Yeah. Will Do you want to pick what down. you think it'll be? Yeah, I think I will. Um He's a 109, huh? I, uh, I'm i going to go uh, – I think it's going to be good, but not that good. I'll go 104. Okay. All right. So those are the betting lines. Uh, yes, indeed. We might have to go to the tiebreakers since my, my lines might not be very good. But uh, if you want to participate, and you really should, uh, you need to email Mike Miller at his email address, which is mitnomiller at gmail.com. That's M-I-T – N O M I L L E R at gmail.com. That's right. Mittnomiller at gmail.com. Play the betting lines with Chris and Dave. In fact, you know, I think this may be the very first time since we've been doing this, and it's been like 10 years, that I've actually played the betting lines. Because I, yeah. I usually set the lines and don't play. You so, might win. Yeah. If you, yeah. yeah. Well, I sure hope not because the then winner you have does to, go yeah. to the Packers Therapy Hotel and Casino uh, in lovely Las Vegas. Well, it's it's very close to Las Vegas. I when people get there, uh, it's a couple of uh, bus rides and a in a in an Uber and you're there. Uh, it's almost like being in Las Vegas. Packers Therapy Hotel and Casino. The winner uh, with a week there and also bail money. So you want to check that out uh, to be sure. So. Um, before we uh, go to the um, pop culture segment, Dave, uh, any final thoughts about uh, Packers' victory over the Bears uh, before we, we move along? I have given you everything that I think about that game. It is now in the past. I've reset my expectations going forward, and uh, <laughs> I'm all about the Vikings game. I think, I think that's what we have to be, and I feel I'm, – I'm actually very excited about – this game coming up because um, it's kind of house money. As we were talking about the Packers Therapy Hotel and Casino, where there is no house money, there is no money at all. <laughs> um, 
because it's a casino. Guess, well, yeah, well, it's it's called a casino. I I guess it's more of a bingo hall for some of the elderly, but they have to have a place to go after dark too. So uh, anyway, I I'm excited about this because they can lose and they can still win the division and get a home game. Now, obviously, a lot better if they win this and against the Lions, they guarantee themselves the the second seed in the postseason. Um, but this is to me is is fun because if they win this game, they make an enormous statement. Uh, they they set themselves up uh, to get that second seed or maybe even the, the top seed if things break okay. right for them. Yeah. And so at the same time, though, it won't be devastating if they lose because chances are, you know, they're still going to be okay. They'll play the Lions. Matt Stafford maybe isn't going to play in that game. They should probably win that even though it's on the road. And then we know there's going to be playoffs after that and probably a playoff game at Lambeau Field. So I'm it's a Monday night game. It's uh, the eve of Christmas Eve, you know. Uh, so there's a lot of things that make this fun and exciting and my team is right in the middle of the thick of things here uh yeah i'm 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 really i'm really juiced about uh, the monday night game it won't be cool if they get beat 37 to 7 uh but doesn't matter because you can still win the division with a with a victory against the lions the following week so well, that's all it will be 37 to 7 my line of 45 will be just excellent but awesome. uh, think of that that's, that's right <laughs> And you will have been uh, incorrect. It would be uh, the under would have gotten that. So uh, I know I, I, it, it, I went over 37, on seven would be bad all the way around. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not, now I'm feeling awkward about this whole, whole thing. <laughs> all right. So, so let's leave football and let's go to pop culture. What you got this week. I don't have anything that jumps off uh, my mind at the moment, but I did get uh, a note from Pedro, the trash man. Hey, uh, he said, give Billy strings. S T R I N G S uh, strings like a string of guitar. Billy Strings will listen free live webcast December fourteenth from Colorado on Nugs. What the hell know, is what's he even talking about here? <laughs> Nugs N U G S is that oh is this a joke? I, what a, what's a nug? Um, I, I I don't know. It, it, this is, I think I think Pedro's having sport with you, my friend. Uh, Nugs is, uh, it looks like it's a kind of marijuana um, on the the images, but it is uh, www.nugs.net. It's a stream music uh, service. So I guess it's legit. So he must, it must be based on your music taste. So you must, you should check that out. Billy Strings, live webcast, December 14th, Colorado on Nugs. (laughs) Well, but December 14th. we're recording this, Dave, on December 16th. <laughs> so right. I bet it was a hell of a That's... show. Yeah. This is... Oh, my gosh. It sounded like it was in the future. <laughs> now, maybe it's next. I can't believe how time flies. <laughs> yes, it's 2020, so you can you can get yourself ready for Billy Strings. You didn't have to embarrass me. You could have just let that go. No one knows what we're recording oh, no, this. No, 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 no. I had to embarrass you. That is requirement. <laughs> I, guess, I guess the game, this would be... The 14th is uh, before the Packer game, so that would be hard to uh, cover as well. So, all right. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll just cut that all out. (laughs) Well, yes, you have the power, sir. Uh, Pop culture for me, I've um, – there was – I was actually thinking of of some music things, but now that you've gone there, well, I'll go with instead. And I almost hate to admit this, but um, I am 
one episode away from completing the series, the entire series of The Affair. Now, you remember when this came on and we, you know, the first season was kind of edgy and dangerous. I remember us talking about it on the podcast. And it's become a melodrama, a soap opera. It's degenerated over the years. But I'm so deep into it. It's become my favorite comedy on television, <laughs> uh, you know, unintentionally so. Um, but, you know, I I have watched it and I it's a weird thing. I know the show has not been high quality the last couple of years, but I'm actually going to miss these people when the series wraps up. I'm not sure why it is. I spent a lot of time laughing because it's so much of this is just so preposterous. Uh, but, you know, it's 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 sort of like um, another Showtime show. Um that I was, I was, you know, shocked that's still on as, as Homeland. And I, I didn't know it was still on until they were running, you know, promos for it at the beginning of the affair. And I'm like, that's still on? <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. Really? Because <laughs> it was so cool the first, you know, few seasons. And then it just sort of it got convoluted and ran out of steam. And it probably should have been, you know, put out of its misery. And I think this might be its last season, apparently. So, yeah. uh I may check it out on some occasion, but if if people um, have given up on the affair, um, what you have to do is do what like Dave does and change your expectations. Uh, you you need to stop taking it seriously and start taking it for the farce that it really is. And if you have that mindset, you watch it, you'll actually probably enjoy it uh, a lot a lot more. So I, I recommend that if you watch the first couple of years and stopped, I'd recommend during the, the holiday break that you pick it up again, but just change the way you think about it, that it isn't, you know, it isn't a drama. You're not there to learn anything. You're just there to look at these people and laugh at them and you'll yeah. enjoy yourself. Yeah. Gather the family around the TV, no. put a fire in the fireplace and yes. watch and, and uh, marathon the affair. It's, it's fantastic. The first couple seasons are, um, are, are, are pretty good, I think. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I, it's, it's actually good TV. It raises some really good questions, but it, it degenerates after that yeah. point. But, yeah. but that's, but again, if you want to, with the right, you know, with the right mindset, you know, it's all about attitude, Dave. Yeah. Expectations. Yeah. Yep. You know, premeditated resentments, my friend. <laughs> keep, keep telling you that. All right. Uh, so, uh, Packers go to 11 and three, um, we're all surprised by that. Some of us delighted, some of us frustrated. Eh, they are in great shape to win the division. Uh, they have two more uh, NFC North games coming up. Going to play at Minnesota on Monday night. Uh, that will actually be a week from tonight because we're recording this on a Monday night. Uh, Dave and I um, will probably wind up doing a Christmas Eve. It'll be a Christmas miracle podcast. It will be if we get yeah yeah get yeah. done. Uh, so, so hopefully we'll have something that you can listen to on Christmas Day with your friends and family gathered around the hearth. Hearth. Well, you're gathered around the place with the fire, and you'll probably put Chris and Dave on. And before you watch the affair, or before you have an affair, you know, yeah, you know, just whatever. It's it is the holiday season after all. So anyway, we're we're gonna watch the game. We're gonna be back in a week. Talk about it. Um, in the meantime, I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that is Packers Therapy. I'm Chris. 
And I'm Dave. And that's Packers Therapy.